Having car problems? Well, with Rhoda, getting them fixed is as easy as ordering takeout. They'll come pick up your car for free, do any repair or maintenance needed, and return it right to your driveway. They'll even give you a complimentary video inspection of your car so you can see what needs to be done. Perfect for those of us that maybe aren't so car savvy. Book your appointment online at roda.com. And lucky for you, CityCast listeners get a 20% discount on any service for up to $100 off. Just use the code CityCast20. Today on CityCast DC, could a street musician really have driven DC's hockey and basketball teams out of town? It's a wild concept, but it's kind of the takeaway from a Washington Post piece by my pal Eric Wemple. Eric is here to tell us all about the billionaire and the busker. Today is Monday, February 12th. I'm Michael Schaefer, and here's what DC is talking about. Hey, Eric. Oh, hey, Mike. Thanks for having me on. All right. So we know that Ted Leonsis is intent on moving the Caps and the Wiz out of D.C. Your piece in the Post raised this intriguing possibility that in addition to whatever arena he's going to get and stuff, one of the motivations might be a busker. What's going on here? Can you explain the story? (laughs) Yeah, well, this issue dates back to like 2017 when a guy, he's in his 30s now showed up with a couple loudspeakers and kind of a homebrew amplification system and started cranking basically rap music there. And they do dub over the music. They sing and they rap and they do call and response. And they make a lot of noise (laughs) in the alley. And Leonsis and his colleagues at Monumental Sports and Entertainment don't like it. But I should point out that it's not just Ted Leonsis. It's Clyde's, which is the restaurant on the Gallery Place Alley there. It's residents in the condo development above this on 7th Street, uh, Northwest in Chinatown. And actually a lot of other people just in the area. So it's, it's a loud act. You know, loudness is sort of its trademark, I think. All right. But so the crew at Clyde's or a resident of an apartment... They're not billionaires who are accustomed to getting their way, unlike the owner of the teams. (laughs) So he's sitting in his office and he hears this music and he hates it. What's he doing to try to make it go away? Well, by my understanding, Monumental has contacted most, if not all, of the members of the city council, the mayor, and if not them, certainly Clyde's and the residents around have tried to get D.C. authorities and, to a lesser extent, the Metropolitan Police Department involved in some way enforcing the district's noise ordinance in order to get the sound turned down or, you know, the guy just basically told to take a hike and don't do this anymore. None of that has been effective. There have been visits by enforcement, but none of it has been effective in ameliorating or sort of reducing the noise. Did they ever go to him, David Hellman, and say, hey, man, pipe down? Yeah. What do you say? It's interesting because, you know, like I interviewed Clyde's and Clyde's is like, we get along with him great. He's a nice guy. The kids use Clyde's to come in the bathroom. Just to to explain, these kids are performing with him. Right. There's two kids that perform with him. One is nicknamed J Money and the other is nicknamed MJ. One, I believe, is 11. The other is about seven. 
and they perform, you know, they sing the songs, and the kids go out front, and they dance, and they sing. They're quite talented, I must say. So Clyde's is like, yeah, we get along with him fine. We ask him to turn it down. He turns it down for a few minutes and then turns it back up, <laughs> which is obviously the oldest trick in the book. I think Mr. Hellman has concluded that he's not going to make a lot of money unless he has the music up. And it's not his act is not really a destination if you can't hear him from a ways off. How much money does he make? I am not quite sure, but the white bucket that they leave out on the on the sidewalk there on 7th Street at the mouth of the um, Gallery Place Alley fills up pretty quickly, especially before like Caps games when there's a real lot of people in the area. They tend to perform mainly on nights where there's a lot of good foot traffic. So if it's cold and rainy, you know, they're not going to be there. Is this his only source of income? He wouldn't sit down for a three-hour interview. <laughs> right. Let's put it this way. It seems to be an important source of income because he does tend to come whenever there's an event down there. He has had difficulties with the law, too. He was arrested in early December for selling drugs. He got knocked down to a possession charge, and he pleaded guilty to that. So I wish he had been more forthcoming with me. I wanted to be respectful of his act, so I tried not to interrupt too much. I went down there six or seven times, and then once he started singing, he just started playing the dudes. So he didn't really... And then finally, I ended up writing up all the questions for him and putting them on paper, and I brought them down and had him read them in front of me, and he just said, talk to you later, bro. So he's got my number, (laughs) you know, if, if he wants to get back to me. Well, let me ask you this, though. The folks who run Clyde's, they, you know, can politely ask him to leave. The owner of an NBA basketball team has a few more resources at his disposal. And this guy, you know, Ted, he pays tens of millions of dollars to uh, players on a not very good basketball team. I mean, I know it's like a little bit like a protection racket, but couldn't he actually just put a very large check in that bucket on the condition that Hellman go away? So he did. He did? Well, he didn't put a whole check in the bucket. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, figuratively, he, he offered to put a check in the bucket. That's what Hellman says. He said, you know, Leonsis offered to pay him to go away, essentially. I said, well, why didn't you take it? He said, it's not all about the money. You know, I guess he wanted to be able to do this long term. I don't know how Leonsis would have made that payment enforceable over the long term. You know, I asked Monumental about that, and they didn't issue an on-the-record denial. And so I just don't know what to conclude. But I put in the story that he said that Leonsis had offered a deal to make him go away. So yes, you're right that Leonsis has more levers at his disposal than your average, say, resident of the condo building. But I think that it's important to note here, and especially in this circumstance and based on what has happened, that Leonsis doesn't have that much more capability, power, and leverage. When was the last time you went to the theater? Well, we have a new show for you to check out. 
The Gala Theater in Columbia Heights is showing the political musical comedy Museum in the Closet, Avida's Return, which follows Argentine icon Eva Perón to the afterlife as her preserved corpse ignites political scandals, clandestine affairs, and mysterious murders. The show is full of samba, reggae, and tango that will have you tapping your feet nonstop. The show is in Spanish with English surtitles and will run from May 9th through June 9th. Get your tickets now at galatheater.org or call 202-234-7174. So what did Monumental say about whether this was a instigation for their leaving? I mean, there was a lot of stories right after they announced moving to Virginia about Leonsis himself, among other people, who just couldn't stand the sense of sort of chaos and lawlessness, and they thought it was frightening potential customers around Chinatown. I mean, if it was me, this would be sitting pretty high in my mind, not because it's that dangerous, but because it's an annoying thing I haven't been able to fix. What did they say? Is this why they left? Their answer to that question, which is one of the first that I asked, was, quote, never factored in their decision to leave or to make this handshake agreement to leave the district, right? It's not a done deal that they're leaving. But I talked to a lot of people who have talked to them, and they were like, that seems a little bit uh, unequivocal, you know? That seems a little bit too decisive. They thought that Ted and the entire Monumental crew was really frustrated by this, such that even though they could say, honestly, that it never factored in the decision, that it had to be a sort of wearying consideration that may have helped push. So let me ask you to put on your sort of ethicist hat here. You know, you and I have both covered DC for a long time. We've written about nimbyism as as well as nuisances. And I think you do so with like a lot of empathy for the different parties, including the party that is bothered by a nuisance. Someone could say, look, this is what downtown's all about, right? People playing music on the street, people making noise, hustle, bustle. What's the problem? Uh, I was for a short time an advisory neighborhood commissioner got a lot of complaints. And there was that very mantra that came about a lot. Like, you chose to live here. You bought a house here. You know, you have to deal with a certain amount of this. And I I would say that's true, that if you live in the city, there's a certain amount of disruption that just comes with the territory. It's a denser place than the suburbs. Like where I live, there are people that come off 14th Street. They're drunk. They wake me up at 2.30 in the morning and I just go back to sleep. You're not moving to a fancy new arena in Virginia? (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm not trying to put a down payment on Potomac Yard or something. (laughs) Yeah, no, nothing like that. But, you know, I think there are limits. And I think that this case does outline the limits. Like, you should be able to hear yourself think. Clyde should be able to operate without having to, like, field requests from diners that they be comped on their entree because they couldn't hear each other talk. And, you know, I think that other buskers should be able to enjoy space nearby instead of having to be drowned out. So I think that it's just a question of a judgment call. And and I do think, too, that the city is negligent here or just completely out to lunch in terms of how it adjudicates situations like this because city leaders love to bask in all the glow, not to mention the tax revenue of having these great mixed use districts. Like this is something that makes DC a place that people look up to, you know, like this, they built this great mixed use development here, wizards caps, all kinds of arts amenities and so on and so forth. Great public transportation and a bustling area. 
you know, down there, I think it's as close as DC comes to like a New York streetscape or Times Square or whatever. So if they're going to zone this place for residential and office and so on and so forth, they have to protect those activities. They have to protect the activity of being a resident, and they have to protect the activity of being in an office space. So what does the law let them do? I mean, it's a free country. I could stand outside and sing at the top of my lungs. I guess it's probably different if you have some amplification. But what would they be allowed to do if they wanted to enforce this? Yeah. So the current law is that you can't exceed 60 decibel in a residential area. And at night, the limit goes down to a quieter 55 decibels. And residents with their own decibel meters around there have recorded much higher than that, I think, in the 90s. And those decibel meters are a really tricky thing because decibels are algorithmic. So like 50 to 60 is not like 90 to 95. It keeps going up exponentially. And so it's hard to really appreciate what's being measured there. And would they be empowered to like give them a ticket or could they actually say like, you got to move or we're going to confiscate your rig or something? Right, right. So the issue is that the Department of Buildings is the primary agency responsible for enforcing noise infractions in the District of Columbia. The Department of Buildings is what it sounds like. It's a building department. So what they usually do is if they find noise violations, they find the building. Mm -hmm. But this guy isn't a building. He's a guy. And Department of Buildings is not authorized to ask people for ID. So it's almost to the point that it's impossible for them to ticket a person doing this sort of thing for a noise violation, or it's really hard for them to do that. MPD has some ability to enforce this, but you know it's not their specialty. If you become a cop, you know you know I'm going to get this, you know, I'm going to get this amplified music under control. <laughs> You know, so that's not really why police officers get into the business. You can just imagine how much of a priority it is. So it sounds like there's no getting rid of him. It does sound that way, doesn't it? And that's the unfortunate conclusion that a lot of these people around there have reached. And there is sort of a fatalistic mindset that they have. They're like, you know, we've done everything possible, gone to the mayor gone to the council. And Phil Mendelson has actually introduced legislation. I think he's got a couple people on the council that have supported it, but not too many. One of the main provisions that's been kicked around at the council would basically say you cannot have amplified music that is clearly audible to somebody who's 100 feet away, whether those 100 feet are vertical, horizontal, or whatever, or just any hundred foot distance from the sound, if you can hear it clearly, then it's a violation. But Mendelssohn has not been able to get any movement on that. And he attributes his failure on that front to the influence of the Don't Mute DC Coalition, which is co-founded by Ron Moten. Who who weirdly is like opposed to the stadium leaving. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He has been hammering Ted Leonsis, you know, demonizes Ted Leonsis and says, wait, why don't you stay? Wait, so if Leonsis does manage to leave, what is the future for Hellman and the kids? In the summertime, they say that there's enough foot traffic down there for them without the big events. But Hellman really, really, really depends on the arena bringing in a big crowd. 
So would he be able to go over to Potomac Yard in a couple of years? Well, that is the magic question, Mike. Is that private property and they'll be able to kick him right out? That is my sequel. You, you, <laughs> you just beat me to it. I've been trying to figure this out. I mean, what happens if I just went over to Potomac Yard and started cranking tunes out there? You know, Skinner. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I got to figure that I would get nailed for that. And that's what happened to Hellman in Ocean City, where he put his act on the boardwalk and he got just pummeled by a series of infraction notices and they sent him a criminal summons. Right. I think that's one of the reasons if you're a billionaire or owner, you want to create your own neighborhood because you can create your own rules. Yes. Eric, awesome to have you here, man. Hey, uh, thanks for all the questions, Mike. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed the show, why not sing about it at the top of your lungs on a downtown street? But please don't amplify the sound in ways that people can hear more than 100 feet away. You can also leave us a review and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Uh, you must be doing this city cast for a long time, Mike. That's that's a really good question. So <laughs> I aim to please. <laughs>